Here we go. Uh, I want to start here in, in Luke just a moment, but I only, only want to pull out something right here because, like I said, all this, this stuff is just historical. But Luke, notice what it says here in verse 1 and 2. Dear friend who loves God, several biographies of Christ have already been written using their source material, the reports circulating among us from the early uh, disciples and other witnesses. However, it occurred to me it would be well to recheck all these accounts. So it's not like the Bible was half you know put together with no sense or nothing. This guy... This is Luke. He's supposed to be a doctor is what we hear, okay? Uh, doctors would be kind of thorough, almost like an engineer, whatever, a doctor. A doctor, and if you think about it today, a, a doctor probably really wants to find out whether or not, eh, was this Jesus guy ever really here? You know, he would, he would have a heart for research. So he said, I went to recheck all these accounts from first to last, and after a thorough investigation to pass this summary on to you. To why? To reassure you of the truth of all the things you were taught. Okay, uh, so... I want to go to the book of Acts just a moment because the same fellow wrote this. Dear friend who loves God, here it goes again. In my first letter, that would be Luke, okay? I told you about Jesus' life and teaching and how he returned to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions from the Holy Spirit. And then he starts going into this is what happened after Jesus left. So in other words, we realize he wrote these things down. I want to back up one book, one more book, and go to something that John said. Look what John says at the very end here. Let me get to the last chapter here. Remember, these were all just big letters, and they weren't as long as you think. We'd divide them up. I mean, can you imagine just 20, uh, 20 verses or so, sometimes less than that. Sometimes you could see something that's 50 verses, but it's not really that long. Now, John's gospel, look at the very last phrase here. Oh, John writes this. And he's, he's basically saying goodbye. You know, this is the very end of it, his, his note. He's the one that wrote John 3.16, God so loved the world. Look what he says. I'm that disciple. I saw these events, and I've recorded them here. And I know, oh, and we all know that my account of these things is accurate. Oh, we do? Well, yeah, we do. We really do. And look at this. Look at this next verse. And I suppose that if all the other events in Jesus' life were written, the whole world could hardly contain the books. I'm going to flip it to the King James just a moment because you probably heard that in the King James a little bit more, more frequently than you have in the Living Bible. Look at this. Okay. As soon as the thing wakes up here a second. Here we go. Uh, very last thing he says. Notice what he says. Ah, uh, let's see. This is that disciple which testifies that these things uh, and wrote these things, and we know his testimony is true. That's the reason the Living Bible is kind of neat because it kind of it says the same thing but more in <clears throat> Huntsville language for us. Verse 25, and there are also many other things Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one. Look at that. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books there. Wow. So what all took place? Well, we're going to go look at one just in a moment here, and I want us to go to the book of Ephesians. Now, Ephesians here, let me switch back to the Living Bible. Again, this is historical. In the book of Acts, just... Three books ahead of this would have been the historical record of you. Paul would have mentioned when they were at Ephesus here. But anyway, so he actually wrote to a church that he started in Ephesus right here. Now, this is just a letter. And you don't want to take a year to read a letter. It's not that long. Let's, let's just glance just a moment. If you want Ephesians 1, it goes to 2, to 3, to 4, it goes to 6, and that's it. Okay, then you, then you hit the next letter to another group. So this is... This is, of course, we call this scripture. Yes, it is. But you also want to understand, whoa, this is history. What did he tell them? 
And why do we have the letter to the Ephesians uh, and, and to the uh, Philippians? And just for fun here, let me go to the book of Colossians to hit this all at once. And oh, I'm going to go to the very last, which is closing uh, remarks here in Colossians chapter 4. Look what he says. Oh, okay, let me get in here to it. Yeah, look at that. There's, there's Dr. Luke here, the one that wrote Luke and the book of Acts. And let's see where it's at. Oh, oh, look at that, verse 16. By the way, after you have read this letter, notice he didn't say the scriptures. It is scripture, okay, but you understand it's a letter. It's a letter written to like Melody or Patrick or Laura or myself or Rochelle. Okay, it's a letter. You wouldn't want to take your whole life to read this letter. You'd want to read it. He says, pass it on to the church at Laodicea. No, 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 no. We want to send it to the Vatican. That's where it belongs in the Vatican. And then we can have people go to school and stuff. No, read the letter. Oh, my goodness. So here we go. <clears throat> I want us to go to Ephesians here just a moment. Let's back up to Ephesians. And here's this letter. Look what happened here. Dear Christian friends at Ephesus, a real place, ever loyal to the Lord. You say, well, I'm not at Ephesus. No, but see, that's where we come in when we know this is what the scripture is about. He already said, hey, by the way, the letter that was written to Laodicea, you read it. And also remember this in Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3. He that heareth, you know, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So that's the reason it all fits together. So here today, dear Christian friends at Ephesus, ever loyal to the Lord. This is Paul writing to you, chosen by God to be Jesus Christ's messenger. Okay. So Paul says the Lord's given him something. Look at that next verse. May his blessings and peace be yours. Now, that's the end of the question right there. That is the total end of the question. Gosh, I just need the Lord to help me. Hello. You got it. You got to relax and go, praise the Lord, I got his help. Okay. And that, watch. He's going to reiterate this over and over. Sent to you. No, he's going to send. We need to help him out here. No, he has sent it. Wow. Sent to you from God our Father and, the, and Jesus Christ our Lord. How we praise God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this next verse. And it's the same thing we just read. Who has, not who's gonna, who has blessed us with every blessing in heaven. Oh, because I'm good enough. No, because you belong to Christ. You're never going to earn these things. Mercy. Remember the paralyzed guy that was let down in the midst of all those people? Jesus said, hey, your sins are forgiven. Where some people got mad about that, but it didn't matter. He said, well, you know, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. But to show you I got authority to do this, he said, hey, by the way, take up your bed and walk. Praise the Lord. That would be a showstopper. I can't possibly have all these blessings. Oh, yeah, you can. Because we belong to Christ. Now, look, now notice this. How far back? Did you notice this was written before you and I were born? So that covers your future mistakes. I always worried about that. Yeah. I made some mistakes, you know. Well, Jesus died a long time ago for me. He already took care of that. Long ago, even before he made the world, look at that. Even before Adam sinned, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. You got to get yourself out of the equation and realize you're a child. Just like a parent toward a child. You know, I'm not giving up my kids. There's a special love that's there no matter what. It's always that way. It's the reason Genesis is so important. You go back and read it and you go, wow, God... He, he created all this, you know, because he loved us. Okay. He decided then to make us, I can't believe this. This goes against all my polish your life up and maybe one day God will be impressed with your holiness. No, you're never going to get there. Adam's sin already destroyed that. We can't get it back on our own. Guess what? 
He decided then to make us holy. 2 Corinthians, another letter. He said, he who knew no sin was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. You couldn't get any more holy than you are right now. Without, look at that, without a single fault. Well, Lord, let me help you out. I remember, it's gone. What, keep reading. We who stand before him covered, there it is, covered with his love. His unchanging plan has always been to, notice the word, adopt. Because, see, we were on the outside, but not anymore. It was his plan. We didn't have to talk him into this. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever. So we get the drill, we understand. By sending Jesus Christ to die for us. What have we done so far? Nothing, except one thing, just believe in him, okay? And he did this because he wanted to. Now notice what it says here. Now, all praise to God for his wonderful kindness to us and his favor that he has poured out upon us because we belong to his dearly beloved son. This is going to get even deeper. It'll become unbelievable. So overflowing. Okay, we get it. No, we don't get it. That's the reason he keeps saying Remember, this is a letter. It's a love letter, you could say. You, You wouldn't want to take forever to read a note from your girlfriend or boyfriend, would you? So overflowing is his kindness towards us. He took away all our sins through the blood of his son. Now, we were talking earlier about spirits and stuff like that, and they try, they're the accuser of the brethren. Boy, they, they're, they're, if you'll sign for that package, they'll give it to you. And if you think you're, you're worth having you know, uh, evil spirits and stuff around you all your life, then they're going to be there because they're going to oblige you. But like what Laura was talking about in Rochelle, the blood of Jesus covered it. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it stops it. Remember when the demons faced Jesus, remember the first thing they said was, uh, if you come to torment us before the time, they knew they were toast. And Jesus said, I've given you all power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And that's exactly where this is going here in just another three or four more verses. We're already at verse 9. Okay. So overflowing in his kindness toward us, he took away all our sins through the blood of Jesus. I mean, through the blood of his son, by whom we are saved. You know, in the book of 1 John, another tiny letter. Tiny, so tiny. But the fourth chapter, John who said, man, if we could write everything down, the world couldn't do it. John makes this statement. He says that in the day of judgment, you're going to have boldness. Now, the reason you have boldness is because you believe this. Otherwise, I'm like, am I next? Or you're in a big group with sheep and goats. Please say I'm a sheep. You don't need to even sweat it. That's the story of Jesus. You should never sweat it. You didn't do anything to earn it, so you're not going to do anything to earn it when you stand before him on judgment day. mm and it says, in the day of boldness, and the day of judgment, we'll have boldness. And he says, he that feareth, in other words, I'm quaking in my boots. He said, he's not made perfect in love, the King James says. In other words, he's not fully convinced that Jesus really loves him. But look at this. He is reiterating over and over again. He showered down upon us the riches of his grace for how well he understands us and knows what's best for us at all times. Now, he's not talking about a daily problem. and well, today, he, he, He's, he's going to fix that. But this is your being before Jesus, because he's fixing to refer to this time. God told us his secret reason for sending Christ. A plan he decided, here's your time frame, long ago. See, he knew what we needed. And yeah, he knows what you need today too, but this is the story. And this was his purpose, that when, you know, Paul really gets into it deep. He's just such a philosopher. This is a letter, it's not a philosopher talk. That when the time is right, he will gather us all together wherever we are in heaven or in earth to be united with him in Christ forever. Moreover, because of, here it is again, what Christ has done, 
We have, this is hard to swallow. When a, when a, when a family, husband and wife, when they have a baby, boy, they say, oh, look at the gift that the Lord gave us. Look at that gift. And we think that's, that's, oh, I understand that. What a gift. What a gift. Do we not get this? It's the same thing. We have become gifts to God. Every one of us. It's, it's just like, you know, the, the planets, they're all different stuff. Neptune is so cool. Neptune, you know, it actually rolls around the sun. It's not, it's not perpendicular. Like, I mean, it's not going straight like this and spinning like we are. It's rolling. <laughs> it's rolling like that. And it's wonderful. Moreover, because of what Christ is, that we've become gifts that God delights in. I wonder if God like. We're not reading, are we? If we're reading, we'd say, okay, praise the Lord. See, Colossians chapter 1 says the exact same thing. So does Philippians. Galatians, wow. It's real quick letters. For as part of God's sovereign plan, we were chosen from the beginning to be His. And all this happened just as He decided long ago. God's purpose in all this is that we should praise God and give Him glory for, the, for doing these mighty things for us. That's where we are today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah for what He's done. We were the first to trust in Christ. Okay? And because of what Christ did, all of you too, who heard the good news about how to be saved and trusted Christ, were marked as belonging to Christ by the Holy Spirit. Who long ago been promised to all us Christians? Remember the book of Acts, Peter said, this is that which the prophet Joel said. Your young men, your daughters, and your old men dream dreams. And he said, this was the guarantee that he really will give us all that he promised. Look at that phrase. He really will give us all that he promised. He's not done yet. It's the, this whole book gets deep. The Spirit seal upon us means that God already purchased us. Purchased? That's where we get the word redeemed. Your King James would probably say redeemed. And guarantees us, guarantees to bring us to himself. This is just one more reason to praise our glorious God. Now, look at verse 15. That's why, ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and of the love you have for Christians everywhere. Remember, we know we've passed from death to life because because we love the brethren. You know, it's one reason you can tell you, say. He said, I never stop thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Now, notice what he's going to tell you what he's praying for. That the God of the, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you wisdom and to see clearly and really understand who Christ is and look at this, and all that he's done for you. I mean, because even the disciples didn't get it. They were having trouble getting it all. And, the, and the, really the night before Jesus died, he said, I got so many things to tell you and you, can't, you, you just can't get it all. He said, uh, so look what he does here. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future he has called you to share, and I want you to know, this is amazing right here, that God has been made rich because of who, uh, excuse me, because we who are Christ have been given to him. It's just like, again, when a parent talks to, thinks about their child, you're just my little gift. You're my little gift. Well, it's the same thing. It said here, God, on the other side, he's made rich because of ourselves. It, it's, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we get to hear, and sometimes you might just hear in the back of your head, I'm not, I'm not worth anything to the Lord. Oh, Lord, you are too. You know, well, I'm not anything big and special. Oh, yes, you are to him. Now, here we go, verse 19. Here's your praise reports. The reason we know that the problems we face today, whatever they are, you've got this power. Look what he says. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredible 
gr incredibly great his power is, look at that, to help those who believe him. Wow. To help those who believe him. It's that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of uh, honor at God's right hand. In other words, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, he was dead, graveyard dead, in the tomb, whatever. But notice what he says here. It's that same mighty power that seated him at place of honor at God's right hand, far, far above any other king or ruler or dictator or leader. Yes, his honor is far more glorious. Mm. Let me scroll down here. Uh, uh, than anyone uh, else in, in either in this world or in the world to come. God put all things under his feet, made him to be the supreme head of the church, which is his body, filled with himself, the author and giver of everything everywhere. In other words, that same power. You got it today, whatever you're faced with. But it, it's so easy to get distracted and you think, well, oh my gosh, you know, I got troubles out there and, or maybe it'll all take care of itself. No, it won't all take care of itself. I mean, notice why. It, it wouldn't matter if we knew these things. But he said, no, I want you to know. Now, we're not going to read this next year. We're not going to say that's a great chapter and I'll pick up on it next year when I read Ephesians. No, we're not even done. He said, once, look at this. Once you were under God's curse. Well, wait a minute. Things are still going crappy for me and whatever. And well, we got to understand, we're out from underneath that curse. That's the reason we should be kicking and screaming and saying, well, praise the Lord, I'm free from this. You were doomed, look at this, doomed forever for your sins. Well, yeah, but I know if you've crossed that line, I know I, the Lord forgives me, but I still am responsible for my, no, you're not. No, you're not. He will take care of that for you. He says, you went along with the crowd. You were just like all the others, full of sin, obeying Satan. Huh? Oh, we don't really believe in him. Oh, yeah, we do. He's real. The mighty prince of the power of the air. Wow, look at that description of him. Well, yeah, but that's just it. I'm, I, I, he's so strong. No, 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 no. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you've been raised up above this, so this is why it's important to know. Who's at work right now in the hearts of those who are against the Lord? Well, then guess what? Notice he didn't say you were against the Lord, so he's not at work in your life. Oh, he'd love to wreck your life. All of us used to be just as they are. Our lives were expressing the evil within us, doing every wicked thing our passions or evil thoughts might lead us into. We started out bad, being born with evil natures and all this kind of stuff. And we're under, look at that, under God's anger, just like everyone else is. But we're not under there anymore. Look at this. God who is, see, before I go any further, let me, let me show you how this blends so perfectly with, with the rest that we're going to come right back. Go back to what something Jesus said here in, when he was talking to Nicodemus that night. Nicodemus just couldn't hardly swallow it. Look what the Lord says here. Am I in the third chapter? Yeah. Oh. Let me back up just a second. Oh, John 3. Yeah, I'm right there. Here we go. Look at that. Uh, notice this. Oh, John 3, 16. God's the love of the world. We got that. Notice this. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. it praise the Lord. I, I was talking about now. And look at, look at 18. There is no eternal doom awaiting for those who trust him to save them. But those who don't trust him already have been tried and condemned for not believing in the only Son of God. Wow, there's no eternal doom. Well, then no wonder he's saying what he says here in chapter 2. Okay, back to this just a second. Oh, see, we were under God's anger, not anymore. But God, who is so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though... See, he justifies the ungodly. The book of Romans, a letter to a church, same thing. says the same thing.
that even though we were spiritually dead and doomed by our sins, he gave us back our lives again. Now, he's gonna. He, really, we need to fix this. No, it's not he's gonna. You do. That's what eternal life is. Well, mercy, something's happening. When he raised up Christ from the dead, only by his undeserved favor have we ever been saved and lifted up from the grave into the glory along with Christ where we sit with him. You see, this is just like, are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, yeah. You sit with him in the heavenly realm. Right now, you sit with him in the heavenly places. It's, it's like unbelievable. And now God can always point to us as examples of how very rich his kindness is as is shown in all that he's done for us through Christ Jesus. It's just like the miracles that uh, God, he said, I'm going to harden uh, Pharaoh's heart. And he said the reason he did, of course, Pharaoh was asking for it. He made slaves of the, of the uh, Israelites. He was having all the males killed. It was horrible, terrible stuff like that. But God said the reason for this is you'll be able to tell your children and your grandchildren how great I am. And he also said, I'm going to show the whole world. Oh, they did know. Remember, they got to the promised land. Joshua went over there and found out about what the two spies did. And the two spies said, you know, when they got to talking to Rahab the harlot, the harlot said, man, listen, everybody's quaking in their boots. We heard about what happened in Egypt, you know. And we know that you're God. We know that you're God. You're God. Well, he's our God. Look at this. Because of his kindness, you have been saved through trusting Christ. And look at this, even trusting Christ. And this is what's so cool. Because I remember, I remember when I was 16 years old, I could have joined, I remember my mom and dad dropped me off. I was a great bass player. And I dropped me off at an old house and nothing was in there but a PA system. And I was going to be doing nightclubs. And there's nothing wrong with nightclubs. Nightclubs is not the issue. Jesus was at nightclubs. Okay, that's not it. But there was something in my heart. You know, and I had the opportunity to either just be with, with this group and, and, and play in this way, or I had another opportunity at another church. It wasn't my church, another opportunity, and they wanted me to play bass for them. It was just a crucial time in my life as a 16-year-old. Actually, I was almost 16. And I remember that I just said, you know, I'm not ready for this one. And I wanted to just stay over here, and I didn't even know these people either. But they were sure talking about Jesus, and it changed my life to this very day. I mean, I've never been the same. Now, Richard, did you do that? No. Even trust in Christ. Look at that. It's not of yourself. It's a gift from God. The Lord helped me there. Praise the Lord. Salvation is not a reward for the good we've done. Oh, my gosh. Some people want that ripped out of the Bible because they don't believe that. Richard, you still got it? No, you still. Mm -mm. You couldn't. I, I, I sing a song that says it wouldn't be enough. To buy one splinter of the cross that Jesus died on. Boy, I love this good song. It wouldn't be enough. I'm really, it's humorous. You could, you're not going to earn this. So none of us can take any credit for it. It's God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Jesus Christ. And long ago, he planned that we should spend these lives helping others. Now, never forget. Now, what is this? Never forget that you were heathen and you were called godless and unclean by the Jews. I mean, there was a distinction. You were either, and you see this in the Old Testament, you know, they were the Lord's people. Now, other nations could get involved. Nicodemus, not Nicodemus, but Nebuchadnezzar got involved after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Darius got involved after he saw what happened when the lions did. Well, he already knew it anyway. He was a, little, his king, he was a better king. But anyway, there was still a division here, almost a jealousy. I don't know, you can't have all the... The Gentiles can't get in this, but their hearts too were unclean. Even though they were going through the ceremonies of rituals of the godly, they circumcised themselves as a sign of godliness. Remember in those days, you were living utterly apart from Christ. Now look at the way he describes this. You were enemies of God's children. And he promised you, look at that, promised you no help. Now remember this is, he's comparing this, it's a contrast. So wait a minute, you mean to tell me I have help? Oh yes, you do have help. 
You were lost without God and without hope. King James says in this world. Okay. But now you belong to Christ. Well, I just should feel better that I belong to Christ. No, I feel better because I belong to Christ and he's going to help me. He's going to keep me safe. Psalm 91 still works. Look at this. And though you were far away from God, now you have been brought very near to him because of what I did? No, because of what Jesus Christ has done for you with his blood. That's the reason people all over the world were coming to the Passover. They brought their lamb. They also came to get a blessing and they were going to get it. It was fantastic. You brought your lamb. It was the pew Passover, the death angel. They knew better. They knew that those that had heard the story. And God wanted them to know that story every, every year. Christ himself is our way of peace. He's made peace between us Jews and you Gentiles, making us all one family. Look at this breaking down the walls of contempt. Can you see here that now the Old Testament is now yours? Because that wall is brought down. It's in your Bible. Why would we want to take out the things that the Lord did and bless so, I mean, blessed when you go in, blessed when you go out, you know, every time you plant, it's just abundance, abundance. Every time you give financially, glory to God, just a hundredfold. Well, even Jesus said that. Okay. By his death, he ended the angry resentment between us caused by the Jewish laws that favored the Jews and excluded the Gentiles. Yeah, we were on the outside. He died to annul that whole system of Jewish laws. Yeah, but I think some of those, no. Mm -mm. Paul got mad in the book of Acts. They were saying, you still got to be circumcised. Paul said, no, you don't either. He went into great detail. And the whole, Jew, it's the 15th chapter of the book of Acts. They had a big council meeting. And you know what did it? Paul went in there and, and told them, this is what we did in all these Gentile cities. And James, excuse me, James stood up and said, look. And Peter did too. Look, let's don't put on these people uh, that they need to keep the law. Because it's obvious what Paul had been doing. It's working. People raised from the dead and all this kind of stuff. You're not going to get any closer to heaven by keeping these Jewish laws. Look at that. He died to annul the whole system. Then he took the two groups that had been opposed to each other and made them parts of himself. Thus he fused us together, became one new person. Last there was peace. Okay, hold on. Let me jump back. Here we go. All right. Uh, and as parts of the same body, our anger against each other has disappeared. For both of us have all been reconciled to God. I mean, you, you, I mean, great if you got some Jewish history or whatever. Great, but don't worry about that thinking, well, I'm a little less of a child of God. But no, you're not. Mm -mm. And so the feud ended when I started living right. No, at the cross. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were very far from him and to us Jews who were near. See, Paul was a Jew, but he was saying, man, look, we don't have any special blessings by ourselves. It's the same ones you got. Now, all of us, whether Jews or Gentiles, may come to God the Father with the Holy Spirit's uh, help because of what Christ has done. We're going to wrap it up right here, but watch this. Now you're no longer strangers, foreigners to heaven, but you're members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country. And you belong in God's household, look at that, with every other Christian. What a foundation. The apostles and prophets, the cornerstone of the building is Jesus Christ himself. We who believe are carefully joined together with Christ as parts of a beautiful, constantly growing temple for God. Now, notice, have you found anything yet that we're supposed to do? Zero. Zero. And you are joined with him and each other by the Spirit uh, are part of this dwelling place of God. Well, that's what it says. Now, let me close going to the book of Hebrews just a moment. We'll stop right here. Because he said, you know, we're raised with him and seated with him in heavenly places, far above all this and all above that. Well, look at this. In the 10th chapter here, 
excuse me, the uh, 12th chapter. I passed it. Here we go. Let's just take it from verse 12. <clears throat> so take a new grip with your tired hands. Yeah, buddy. Stand firm on your shaky legs. Mark out a straight path, smooth path for your feet so that, you, so that those who follow you, though weak and lame, will not fall and hurt themselves but become strong. No. Does he not understand I've got life's problems out here? No. Try to stay out of quarrels and seek to leave, live a clean, clean and holy life for, for the one who is not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you will fail to find God's best. Is He's planning on that? Yeah, we just read it. All these blessings are yours. Now watch what he says. Watch as he keeps going. Watch this. Watch out that no bitterness take root among you. For as it springs up, it'll cause deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. Watch out that no one becomes involved in sexual sin or becomes careless with, about God as Esau did. Traded his rights for his oldest son's single meal. Uh, Remember that story in the Old Testament? See, again, that, that brings you back to the book of Genesis. I never read that book. Oh, Go read it. Such a careless guy. Okay, anyway. And afterward, he wanted those rights back. It's too late, even though he wept bitterly for it. So remember, be careful. You've not had to stand face to face with terror, flaming fire. Now, where's he going with this? Again, we would have to read. That whole mountain was on fire. It was awesome. The Israelites were like, no, I don't, Moses, you go up there and talk to him. We don't, we, don't want to, we don't want to hear it. It was The whole thing was blazing with fire. For there was an awesome trumpet blast and a voice with a message so terrible that the people begged God to stop speaking. You read this in the book of Exodus. It's just as soon as they got out from under Pharaoh. Now, watch this. They staggered back under God's command as it, uh, uh, that if any animal touched the mountain, it must die. Moses himself was so frightened, he couldn't stop shaking. <laughs> a friend of mine ran out of gas when he was landing his plane, and he was with some other preachers, and they were about two miles from the runway, and it ran out of gas. And he said, man, now would be a pretty good time to pray. <laughs> you know? And so he coasted it in and still made it to the runway, and he was fine. He got out of the aircraft, went over and go get a go get a Coca Cola, and when he got a quarter out to put some quarters in there, <laughs> he was shaking so hard he couldn't get those quarters in. It. <laughs> you know, but now where are we going with this? Well, watch close. Moses himself was so frightened at the sight he shook with fear. But you, oh, but you what? What he wrote in Ephesians. But you have come right into Mount Zion. Now that's important. That's a flaming, burning... What do you mean I have? The book of Revelation, you get a beautiful picture of heaven. Some of us have actually seen that in dreams and visions. We saw it. How could you see it? Because that's where you belong. Watch this. To the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide. We're already there. And to the gathering of countless happy angels. Oh, he means someday. No, it's now. Now. And the church composed of, here you go, all those registered in heaven. And to God, who is the judge of all. And to the spirits of the redeemed in heaven. King James says the spirits of just men made perfect. Praise the Lord. And this, was, this probably was another writer. He had the same story. So this terrible shaking and quaking, the mountains on fire. People are like, oh my gosh, I don't. Moses, you go up there. You are now in that mountain right now, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice that into the church. Anyway, notice this last part right here. Famous uh, little pieces right here. Notice this. Uh, the spirits of the redeemed in heaven. Look at that. Already made perfect. H how can that be? It's okay. Just take it. It's okay. 
And Jesus himself, who brought us his wonderful new agreement. We think the agreement is, all right, we're going to be none of this and none of that and none of this. That's not the way Moses, I mean, that's not the way Abraham's agreement was. Okay, anyway. And to the sprinkling of, there it is, blood, who graciously forgives instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel did. So see to it that you obey him, and we will. That's the reason we've, we've looked at his word today. For if the, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll stop right there. Praise the Lord. But anyway, praise the Lord. Notice this. Look at that. Look at that. All that stuff is wonderful. But look at that last phrase right there. Since we have a kingdom, nothing can destroy. Good night. Let us please God by serving him with thankful hearts and a holy fear and all. For God is what? A consuming fire. And you're in the middle of that thing. Praise the Lord. It ain't going to get you. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you, Lord, that uh, if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. How could anything come so short of not taking care of our bodies either? Lord, you are so interested in that. You'll fix that. Praise the Lord. Financially, same thing. We shouldn't even worry about finances. You'd certainly take care of that. And if it's something not even related to that or anything even mentioned this morning, whatever is on our hearts, praise the Lord. We're going to remember the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to us. And we're seated with you in heavenly places on that burning Mount Sinai in Jesus' name. So, Father, it doesn't, we're, the only thing we're going to do left is to leave a record and tell others of what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. Praise God. Okay.